A what a size sweep of three top ten Texas teams in Arlington. To um, and he just couldn't face the music of Ole Miss losing to Mississippi State. It's probably over. You're probably not making a tournament. It's disappointing. It's playing down to our competition. It always feels like Ole Miss kind of plays down to their opponent. Ole Miss baseball is good. We finally make it back to Omaha. Let me knock on some wood real quick. Yeah, the team surprised me a little bit. He does this every weekend. Oh, good luck. He was a rider. Man, Gonzalez, dude. Jake Gonzalez, dude. That man. Against Texas Tech. Put that one into right field. Yeah, he's my high leverage guy for sure. Like Our schedule is going to get even more difficult. Five of the six teams that we're in Arlington are going to host a regional. And, oh, my God. <laughs> the Bait Shack live stream was a better production. Ole Miss, they're about to just piss missiles in Swayze. Ole Miss fans have adopted this meme. You know, the you just lost the dirty mic and the boys. Turning their social media accounts into soup kitchens. Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Land Shark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to episode 32 of the Bait Shack. We're coming to you tonight after the Diamond Rebs brought the electricity in a what-a-size sweep of three top 10 Texas teams in Arlington to open up the 2021 baseball season over the weekend. But first, we're briefly touching on if the coffin has been shut on the Hardwood Rebs tournament chances after they got caught playing down to their in-state foes. It's basketball. It's baseball. It's hooks and hoops. It's reels and steals. Shout out listener Justin Bush. It's Randy. It's Soren. And it's me, Earl, coming to you with all this plus more. As always, let's pause for station identification. You're listening to The Bait Shack on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends to find us by searching for The Bait Shack. Listening on Apple Podcasts? Be sure to tap us a five-star rating or be kind to us and drop us an awesome review. Listening on Spotify? Be sure to follow and get episode drop notifications every Monday and Thursday. On social? Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at TheBaitShack underscore, and be on the lookout for the best giveaway packages from your favorite University of Ole Miss podcast. But with that, uh, we don't have Kyle with us tonight, but let's head over to the Hooks and Hoops set with Randy uh, to give us a breakdown of the, the state game. Yeah, so one half of Hooks and Hoops is here. Kyle took the night off because he's lazy, um, and he just couldn't face the music of Ole Miss losing to Mississippi State. Uh a 66-56 loss, it, was, it never really felt close. It was an ugly game for Ole Miss. Kind of like Earl said, it feels like it's the end of the season. And, I mean, barring just some miracle undefeated run and then winning a few games in the SEC tournament, it's probably over. You're probably not making a tournament. It would require just a miracle at this point. And it was just, it's so disappointing. Because you finally get to that point, you know, early in the season it was over. They sucked. They get on this run here. They beat some top ten teams, and it's like, hey, you know, tournament chance. You're getting ready to, you know, get. You're in talking for the tournament. I mean, Joe Lenardi had you on the next four out, or first four out actually. Like, you were getting close to the, like, getting in the tournament, and then you lose, and you lose in momentous fashion. You lose with Devontae Shuler playing 38 minutes and giving you four points. 
He, he went 1 for 15 shooting. 0 for 6 from 3. You had Robert Allen, who got you 3 points. 1 for 2 shooting. You had Romello White, who gave you 6 points. 3 for 4 shooting. You had Jarkel Joyner, who gave you 8 points. 4 for 11 shooting. Luis Rodriguez, 7 points. 2 for 4 shooting. Like, you had no production. Your lead scorer is KJ Buffin off the bench, who gave you 30 minutes. And it was it just wasn't enough. I mean, it was embarrassing all around. It was a bad performance by the team. It was a bad performance by your best player in Schuler. I mean, and I know Schuler's been on it most of the season, and it almost felt like it was due for a bad game. But good grief, he had a bad one. Like, if he ever has another bad game, then you gotta start questioning some things because this was a really bad one. This was your this was your due. You, this was your one bad game, Schuler. That's okay. You got to be Michael Jordan from now on. And so, you know, like I said, barring a miracle, season's probably over. You had, I mean, I hate to say season's over because there's still a chance you could do something, but it's going to require you to more than likely close the season out just undefeated. You can't lose another game. You can't lose to Missouri to, uh, Wednesday night, or Tuesday night, actually. Today's Monday. You can't lose to Missouri on Tuesday night. You cannot lose to Vanderbilt. You cannot lose to, to uh, Kentucky. And you cannot lose to, if you play LSU again, LSU. Or if you're playing South Carolina again, South Carolina. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I didn't expect them to go into this game and just shit the bed, basically. It was just a poor performance. I had, it, I had my two TV set up going Saturday. And I had baseball on one TV and basketball on the other one. And... I mean, half after halftime, it was just like, we can just turn this off. Like, this basketball game's not going anywhere. Like, they're not going to win this game. They're not doing anything. And, you know, it's sad, but it is what it is. It's tough. And uh, I know, yeah, we were live streaming some of the Rebel at-bats that Friday night, and uh, some of the people in the comments were touching base on the basketball team and, you know, giving score updates and it it just sounded bad just even reading about those um in that game and, and that's what you said it's it's disappointing it's disappointing when you have so much excitement from a team that can beat you know two top 10 ranked teams you know what relatively back to back or you know in that four game win streak period but then it's like you look at what we've actually done and it's like you know we lose this series you know two games to georgia now we lose you know the unranked mississippi state you know it's like in a way we're almost like playing down to our competition and then playing up to the other competition. And at the same time, like just not figuring out that, you know, if we just put on our a game or even maybe a B game, we could potentially probably beat those other teams as well too. Yeah. And it feels like that's just been a trend as an Ole Miss fan my entire life. It always feels like Ole Miss kind of plays down to their opponents in every sport. And it's been that way in basketball. It is just, it's weird. It's, this is a weird team. I know me and Kyle have said that a lot this year. That's the only descriptor I have for this team is weird. It's like you like you said they went on that four game win streak and they looked unde- unbeatable, and then they lose to a Mississippi State team who on on paper is not good. Like their RPI, their net, those aren't great. That's not a great loss. And so, but I'll give Ben Howland credit. He finally got Kermit. He finally beat Kermit again. It's been a hot minute since he I beat him last year, but it always feels like Kermit gives him a really good run. This is the first time I ever felt like Kermit got outcoached and just got beat. Absolutely. And, um, you know, on that, we'll wrap up the hooks and hoops section now and move on. 
And for the first time ever, it's officially Reels and Steals time at The Bait Shack. And like Randy was saying, all of our sports, we have a way of playing down to our opponents. Obviously, this weekend we went in against three top 10 teams in TCU, Texas Tech, and Texas and came out with a series sweep. We're going 3-0 and in the State Farm College Baseball Showdown here in Arlington. Um, and our game against Arkansas State got pushed to Wednesday, but I feel like that's one that now we're going to be looking at as are we going to be playing down to this opponent after coming off of this big, you know, huge weekend of excitement and build up and all this. Um, but before that, Soren, let's go to you. Well, I just wanted to let everyone know, man, that Ole Miss baseball is good. We're really good. Um, you know, this past episode, I I was not expecting us to uh, sweep this weekend and, and go 3-0. Um, I, I was expecting us actually to lose to Texas Tech, but, um, you know, the Rebs here really surprised me. And that game came down to the wire, man. But, uh, you know, really, really good game, really good series. Uh, and I just – I really cannot wait to see where this team goes this season. Um, what we've won – what is it, 19 straight games now since uh, last year? I just, I don't know what to say at this point, man. I, I'm really, really excited. I think that this year uh, may be the year that uh, we finally make it back to Omaha. Let me knock on some wood real quick. But, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited. What about what about you, Randy? Yeah, the team surprised me a little bit. I mean, I always kind of felt like this team had an opportunity to do really well in Arlington. But I just didn't know what to expect. And I, I remember it always... I always had PTSD from the last time this team went to Texas for a tournament when they went to Houston. Um, but yeah, team looked really good. For, uh, Saturday, a bit a bit rough from Doe Casey, but I'm not too worried about him. Um, he kind of has games like that. I know I said last time that I do expect him to take a step back eventually. I hope I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that's not this season. But he had a rough outing. He got beat around a little bit, but the bullpen picked him up and got the win. You know, and then set, and then for Sunday, my days are my days are messed up because I yeah. pushed the series back. So <laughs> I keep wanting to say two. on Saturday, <laughs> yeah, game two. I did this last episode. Game two, game two with Gunnar Hoagland on the mound. Hoagland gave you all all you could ask for. He pitched a gym. You know, the offense did just enough to get to get out of there with to get out of there with a win against Texas Tech. And then today, Monday, when we're recording game three, I got to start using that more. Game three, uh, they beat Texas. This is a Texas team that was a little down. They struggled this in this uh, series playoff tournament here. They struck out. I'm trying to remember. I looked at the stats earlier, and it was like 30 something times before they played us. So it had been four over 40 times this weekend. I, I thought the stat was close to like they, 50 they percent of their at bats they've struck out. Yeah, it was something like that. It was something like 50 percent they've struck out, and. It was just weird. Like, they hung around for a little bit there. It got a little hairy there in the late in the innings, fifth, sixth inning. You're like, man, why is this 1-1? Like, you know, Derek Diamond pitched just a gym. And that's what we – we talked about this on the last episode, that my number one question going into the season was I wanted to see consistency out of Diamond. And if he does this every weekend, oh, good luck. You put him on the mound every Sunday, <laughs> good luck trying because – he looked dominant. He was throwing 95 on that mound. He had movement. He had a slider that was working really well for him. I mean, goodness gracious. Like He exceeded my expectations for what I wanted to see out of him. 
His, his stat line on that was six innings pitched, four hits, one run, one walk, or one base on balls, and uh, you know eight strikeouts. I mean, he did also, I guess, have a hit by pitch, but and he only threw eighty six. So, I mean, a hell of a performance. And like you said, yeah, it was one one. Um, they're going into the top of the sixth, and luckily our bats were able to wake up, which was actually interesting because Texas had taken out their starter, I believe. Um, yeah, he only had faced one batter in the sixth and brought in a new guy, and that new guy actually was who I think walked around the bases or something. He was only in there for – yeah, he wasn't even in there for an out. He uh, gave up one hit, gave up three runs, one base on balls, one hit by a pitch. I mean, he threw 14 pitches, and just it was it was bad. And then he was pulled, and we still kept it, you know, kept it going. So um, there's that. But, um, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I do want to give a shout-out to – give a shout-out to the bullpen this weekend. The bullpen gave up one run all weekend. And – they pitched a long game on game one Saturday after Doug. They pitched a long game then. Broadway had a great game. Kimbrell did really well. And they they, they carried that game. They won that game for you. You know, game two, Hoagland gave you a good bit. I think he gave five innings, if I five point two. You know, they didn't have to pull it too hard there, but they still didn't give up they only gave up one run to tech. And then you have today, they didn't give up a single run. The only run came off that home run from that Diamond gave up. And that was really the only mistake Diamond made all game was that one pitch. He he paid for it. They made him pay for it, but he made a mistake. It happens. The bullpen caught him up. You know, Brandon Johnson. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm excited for that dude. I mean, he was pumping in some heat with arm side action. He had a slider and a, just a nasty changeup. I mean, that dude. I want to see him throwing 95 every day out of the bullpen because he was erotic. I also want to give a huge shout-out, and I'll even, if we're going to give an MVP spot out, um, man, Gonzalez, dude, Jake Gonzalez, dude, that man is phenomenal. That dude is going to be a star. I already think he is kind of a star now, dude. After this weekend, that man has certified his uh, his position, and, and he's going to be an integral part of this defense. Um He's nasty, man. He is just absolutely nasty. So that's another person that I'd like to get uh, give a shout out to, because that was one of our, uh, one of our biggest questions uh, this season was seeing who's going to fill that position, and, and <laughs> we have our answer. We and for the next what you know maybe three years, three four years, dude, he's going to be tearing it up. Yeah, absolutely. He came in and like you said, that was definitely a question mark because obviously we had lost shortstop and third baseman to the draft, and those were the only two positions that we really were replacing anybody at, and. The fact that he came in and, I mean, he was up and until his last game. I mean, he was the first one with the home run on the season against Texas Tech. Put that one into right field. Yeah, just overall great performance from him over the weekend. I wanted to touch base with Randy here real quick because I know he had been mentioning, you know, and talking about some of the pitchers that we actually didn't even use this weekend um, and how you're still excited to see those guys be able to come out of the pen. Yeah, I mean, we didn't use Tyler Myers at all. You know, and I don't really know what to expect from Myers. I know he's been a little up and down, but I mean, that's an experienced arm you didn't have to use. Wes Burton never came out of the bullpen. Burton's got some, he's got some velocity. 
Now, if he can control it, he'll be a really good bullpen arm, an asset for that bullpen that's already pretty loaded. Uh, Logan Savelle didn't pitch any. My hopes on Savelle are not very high, but if he can give you anything, then you take it. He's got that weird sidearm action. You know, if he, I think he was throwing like 88 last year. If he can give you 90, you know, I mean, just get you something to get you through the midweeks. Greer Holson didn't travel with the team at all, and so I'm interested to see what he can do. I've, I keep hearing, you know, Holson's back. He's he's got it back, but we've heard that for the past two years, and he hasn't. So I'm trepidatious to see what he does. I'd like to see him, um, you know, regain some of that confidence, be able to come out and be another asset for this team. Because I'll be honest, that bullpen really it, it didn't surprise me, but it really looked good. You know, I expected it to be good, but I had some questions. And I mean, Josh Mallets came out of the pen and looked good. I mean, he had some movement on his fastball. Brandon Johnson was really good. Braden Forsythe did really well. Max Trophy struggled a little bit, but it was tech. I'm not going to hold it against him too much. He still got you an inning. I think it's two innings. I mean, he, he got you some quality outs. So, I mean, I'm excited. Like Jackson Kimbrell came out of the pen. Taylor, Taylor Broadway is always good. He was still good. I mean, this bullpen is low-key kind of stacked if they keep playing like this. Like... I was a little worried about it, but they've got some dudes back there. Yeah, absolutely. And based on Soren mentioning his player of the weekend, I was going to say Peyton Chatagnier. This guy had a hell of a weekend going 5 of 11, had four doubles. Three of them were against Texas. Uh, and on the one, his last play of the game on the double, you know, pulled up, looked, looked like he just got sniped. So I was unsure of if it was a hamstring. I at first thought it was his ankle. It seemed like he might have rolled it coming around first. And he just really hobbled into second, and then the way he went down just looked really bad. But he was able to, I wouldn't say pop back up, but got back up and was able to you know, really walk it off. And it was a little gingerly, and at the same time, we were already up pretty decently, I think at least 5-1 at that point in time, to where he was able to you know, come out of the game and probably feel a little bit confident of you know, not having to go back in and risk even a more severe injury. But um, hope that at the end of the day, he is okay. And it was just kind of a, a freak little tweak or something like that. But And he'll be good to go, uh, hopefully, here pretty soon. Um, Randy, who would you say would be your player of the weekend? So I have two here, just because I want, I want to highlight a pitcher. But I also want to highlight a defensive player. Um, so on the defense, I want to highlight Trey LaFleur. LaFleur stepped into that role at first base. Um, he kind of had to step up because Kel Baker didn't make the trip. LaFleur played, I mean, he's a really good defensive first baseman. I didn't expect that out of him. I didn't know that. He played really good at first. He looked really natural. And he gave you some offense, too. I mean, he hit a moonshot today. Like, that thing was a rocket. And so I want to I give LaFleur some props. He played really well. And on the pitching side, you know, I mean, yes, I can give my props to Derek Diamond and Gunnar Hoagland all day. But I want to highlight Taylor Brockway. I think Broadway's ability to come in that first game and give you meaningful innings was just, I mean, invaluable. He is the sole reason you won that game. He kept you in that game, he gave you the ability to score, and he kept TCU down. And so that's my two two players of the week right there. And on that, Broadway's stat line was four innings pitched, only gave up one hit, struck out five, and like you said, got the save and really shut down a good TCU team. I mean, let's also talk about them. Texas didn't win a game. Texas Tech didn't win a game. TCU beat State on on Sunday, 
game two, remember, game two. <laughs> and TCU currently, as we're recording this, is in the bottom of the seventh against Arkansas, up 1-0. So TCU could come out of this looking like actually the second best team and the fact that, you know, like you just said, Broadway was able to literally shut them down for four innings um, is, I mean, that might be our real now go-to guy out of the bullpen, you know, in games, especially, you know, if we were able to get into regionals and super regionals and even Omaha to have some confidence in some bullpen arms that, you know, are able to really come out and just dominate. Yeah, he's my high leverage guy for sure. When you need when you need those outs, I'm going Broadway every time. And I I felt that way before this series too, but he's reinforced that. He stepped up. He like you said, he gave you four innings. He he shut down a really good TCU team. I mean, this TCU team is legit a top ten team. I know people are going to look at Texas Tech and how they fared and think that they're a bad team. They're not a bad team. They're a good team. They lost to three really good teams. And te- Texas is a little worse. Texas needs some work. <laughs> they need to know how to hit a ball. Yeah, and I know we had touched on this um, a few episodes ago where looking at you know who had lost what, Texas Tech had actually lost their Friday and Saturday starters prior to the season to the draft this past year. So for them, and it kind of was – how they lost all of their games. Uh, it was against Arkansas. They were up 9-8 going into the top of the ninth and wound up giving up, it was like four or five runs um, against us. They did battle, and they had a shot. I mean, they put one run up in the in the bottom of the ninth that made it really scary, but you know we were able to pull it out 5-4. And then uh, today's game against State, it was tied 5-5, I think, going into the eighth, and they wound up losing, what was it, 11-5, or, yeah, I think 11-5. And so... I mean, something with them, they just, I mean, they hung around, but they couldn't just finish one of the games. Um, and like you said, Texas, I don't think they really look good at all this weekend. And they've got some some big issues in their, you know, pitching department, especially their bullpen, because those guys that came in, some guys didn't really do too much uh, damage at all and were yanked pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, I think Texas comes out looking looking really bad. I think that team is bad. And... If I'm a Texas fan, I am. I'm really upset right now because, you know, even though Tech went 0 3, I'd be I'd be aggravated because Tech's good and they know they're good. Mm-hmm. If I'm a Texas fan, I'm worried. I'm like, oh my god, we looked like we looked like shit. To be honest, I mean that team did not look good. I'll give props to that kid pitching for them today. Excuse, I don't know his name, so excuse me, but he looked pretty good. He was going, you know, he was battling with Diamond there. He was giving his best performance today. He pitched really well, and they pulled him kind of kind of early. I thought I don't know what his pitch count was. I wasn't I didn't have the stat broadcast up, but the kid looked pretty solid today. But if I'm a Texas fan, I'm worried. If I'm a Tech fan, I'm more pissed off than I am worried. I'm mad that we lost three games that we we should have won at least could have won all three, and mm-hmm. should have at least come out of there with two wins. So even even TCU, I mean they're going to come out of here either two and one or one and two. They battled. I mean, they looked good against Ole Miss. They did lose 7-3, but they looked good. They looked solid. They beat up Dunn and Casey, who is, I still think, a really good pitcher. And then, you know, they beat Mississippi State. They're up 1-0 on Arkansas right now. I don't know what happens before this recording is over. But, you know, they could come out looking really good. They could come out being really excited about how this tournament went. Arkansas fans have got to be happy with how their performance has been, even if they lose today to TCU. Mississippi State fans, they went 2-1. and one. They're happy. I've been reading a lot of their comments. They're excited. They think their team's an Omaha contender once again. I don't completely disagree with them. I think that team is pretty good. 
Um, they also went without two of their main starters. I know Sarantola was out for COVID contact tracing. And so, I mean, that state team's pretty, they're pretty salty. They're a pretty good team. Arkansas, we knew they were good. They're still good. You know, so I think the SEC looked really, really good. I think the Big 12 outside of Texas looked really good. And like I said, if I'm Texas, I'm, I'm worried because that Big 12 is not an easy conference. They're going to beat you up when you get to conference play. Yeah, and uh, just to uh, do kind of the, the stat check or whatnot, the Texas pitcher was Colby Kubitschek. And like you said, he, he was, you know, humming in there. He had a, he was at 70 pitches. He had seven strikeouts, given up four hits, but, um, and that was through five innings. So, you know, who knows, maybe they did pull him a little early, but, you know, at the same time, maybe we're a little thankful for that too. Um, and for us, I mean, we just played three top 10 teams. And at the end of the day, like you just said, like our schedule is going to get even more difficult. Like we had to, or we get, we get, Lucky when have Arkansas at home April 9th through April 11th, but then we head on the road to Starkville April 16th to 18th. So deep in the season, obviously we've already looked pretty good here at the start, but you know, hopefully, you know, everything's still and the wheels stay on uh, when we get into that April series against these two teams. Cause I think at the end of the day, this is, these are going to be, you know, if not definitely top 10 top five teams um, at that point in time in the season, uh, based on everything, kind of what, this weekend look like yeah i think all all i think five of the six teams we that we that played we didn't see all of them but five of the six teams that were in arlington are going to host a regional and so i wouldn't be shocked if five of them made a super they, they were that good texas probably doesn't host texas probably goes somewhere hopefully not oxford because <laughs> we have bad memories of texas and oxford yeah. regionals and so but and I kind of want to highlight something. I know, Earl, you were at the game, so you didn't get to experience this. Soren, I don't think you bought the stream, <laughs> but I paid the $30. Yes, I, I think I know what you're talking about, and I, I want you to touch on this. I need you to touch on this. <laughs> I bit the bullet, and I purchased the $30 subscription to Flow Sports, which I just reminded myself I need to cancel that. Um, <laughs> and, oh, my God. <laughs> the Bay Shack live stream was a better production. This was... <laughs> I, this was a Mickey Mouse production out of Flow Sports. I don't know how you have... I mean, you had six elite college baseball programs. This was like a World Series of college baseball. And it is on freaking Flow Sports. I'd never... I'd, I'd heard of this. I'd never used them before. So I, bought, I bit the bullet, purchased it. Game one, out of the gate. They're, the graphics are wrong. They have the wrong players' names on the TV. The announcers were just god awful. I don't. I don't think they've watched baseball in their life. They. One of them apparently used to play in the majors. Well, he didn't know anything about Ole Miss. Uh, game one, both announcers were confused as to why there was no pitchers hitting. They did not know there was a DH in college baseball. They repeatedly called Derek Diamond Dustin Diamond. Um, they rest called, in peace. Yeah, they repeatedly called Kate Sammons Hayden Leatherwood. They referred to Hayden, Letter Hayden, Hayden Leatherwood as Hayden Dunhurst. And the graphic, the score bug was never right. You had no clue what the count was. You had no clue what how many outs there were. You had no clue who was on base. Like, I know after Gonzalez hit his home run, the little score bug said there was two men on. And I just thought, no, how? He, someone just hit a home run. Like, there's nobody on base. Um... 
What else? Well, there's just so much to complain. They kept switching up our logo. They went with the UM logo originally, and then they switched it to the baseball Twitter profile picture logo. Um, they had no clue that Ole Miss fans traveled. They were blown away <laughs> that Ole Miss fans were at this game. They were. They just couldn't believe it. Um, they were like, they really liked the powder blue uniforms. Apparently, this was the first time they'd ever seen those. They repeatedly called them the Phillies um, powders. It was just an all-around production. That actually surprised me, considering this game was at the Texas Rangers' new ballpark, and the Texas Rangers last year came out with their own powder blue kind of retro redos um, that are very, very similar to the Ole Miss powder blues. So the fact that then they're even calling us a Philadelphia team and thankful that they realize that we have paved roads in Mississippi to actually get out here, uh, yeah, it's just a testament to their dunceness. It was... I've legitimately, I mean, I've watched a lot of baseball in my life. I've never had announcers like that. I've, I mean, I get the graphic thing. It's a low-budget production. You sh- That shouldn't happen, but I kind of excuse it. I get it. I've watched a lot of Monroe Vision and bullshit like that from small schools that you're just, the camera angles out in the woods. And so I kind of expected the same out of that. But your announcers should at least be somewhat knowledgeable of the game. They should have the lineup in front of them. They should have the roster. But it was something. I didn't have a clue who was pitching half the time because they didn't know who it was either. Um, what else did they, there was no pitch count? There was no radar on the graphic, so I had no clue who, what anybody was throwing. I had no clue how many pitches they had thrown. It was just a special production. It was something, and I paid thirty dollars for that. <laughs> Well, it actually sounds like you got $30 worth of content because that actually sounds like it was a very interesting and fun fun listening experience. Um, I actually got to sit uh, Friday and then, or I see I'm now doing it too, for the yep. Saturday and tonight's game Monday, uh, actually sat next to the scout section. And so had a bunch of guys, they didn't have the guns out today, but definitely Friday with Doug and um, t- uh, TCU's pitcher, they were definitely watching those guys pretty closely with the guns. Um, at the same time also had, you know, stopwatch and all that. And there were guys from the A's, the Rockies, uh, the Tigers also just kind of a really fun experience kind of sitting there and just kind of watching what they're doing, taking all their notes on different players. And at the same time, also seeing them when, you know, certain guys are pulled, then you can kind of tell that, you know, their books and all that kind of stuff go up and, um, whatnot. So that was a really cool experience. Uh, the other thing would be hopefully that they had the correct, uh, names and rosters so that they had these guys scouted correctly and this wasn't like a uh, media department uh, <laughs> error or anything like that that those those sheets are messed up well when, when we uh, see max Chofi go first round we'll figure that out because <laughs> yeah. i don't know i like seeing I, I like the experience of sitting next to the scouts i do that a lot at swayze i sit behind home plate with some of my buddies who have season tickets and it's always cool to see how they kind of operate because they see the game a lot different than we do and, mm-hmm. you know, they're writing things down, and you're like, nobody's doing anything. But they see it, and it makes you almost perk up and like, okay, let me see what's going on. Like, what are they paying attention to? So that's always a fun experience. Yeah, it was cool. And then uh, Sunday, sat out in the right field section and just, uh, you know, might have had a little uh, too many uh, beverages and vibed a little too much, but definitely had a pretty good time. So my uh, memory might just be a little foggy on that game, but uh, it was definitely fun. And I uh, actually ran into... Uh, Outfielder. Yeah. Um, ran into him after the game uh, at their hotel, which was just kind of cool. Cal, Con- Cal Conley, right? Yep. 
Yep, number thirteen. That's how I how I remembered him. And yep. uh, from uh, our uh, co-host on the shack, uh, Kyle's hometown of Mount Carmel, Ohio. So that was also kind of pretty random to have an Ohio kid, you know, down in Lubbock, Texas. But uh, no, overall, it was a fun weekend. It was cool. It was uh, great to get out and see some baseball and see everything kind of going on and uh, all that. But uh, I guess at the same time, we got to look forward. Uh, now, like mentioned, Arkansas State's been pushed back. We're playing that game Wednesday, and we've got UCF coming to town uh, this weekend in Oxford. So, uh, Randy, I know you're in Oxford. Are you are you looking forward to these four games? Are you going to be there? Are you going to, you know, what are your takes on, on what's coming up? I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably not going to be able to make any of the games. Wednesday, I was going to try and go, and I have class all day. So we can thank the university for that. Um the weekend, I'm probably not going to be able to get a ticket, and I'm also going to be out of town. I'll be back home for the weekend. But I'm looking forward to this weekend. UCF was a top 25 team until they lost the series to FAU this this weekend. They gave up two grand slams in the same inning. So I'm really curious what that looks like in Swayze because we didn't touch on this. A lot of balls that were hit in Arlington, those are home runs in Swayze. Ole Miss, they're about to hit piss missiles in Swayze because – I mean, I know Hayden Dunhurst did it a handful of times. He hit balls that, you know, that's in the second row at Swayze, and it was, you know, 10 feet inside of Arlington because some of those walls were pretty far, far back. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Arkansas State, we have Drew McDaniel starting. The, uh, I think he's a freshman. He might have been here last year. He didn't pitch much, but he's starting on Wednesday against Arkansas State. And then this weekend, of course, will be Nikhazy Hoagland Diamond and I mean, I fully expect a sweep of this week. There's really no reason this team's not 16-0 and going into the Louisiana Tech series. That Louisiana Tech series, you might split it, but you should be at least 16-0 and going into it. Yeah, absolutely. And on your point, uh, center field at Swayze is 390. Uh, to dead center here in Arlington, it was 407. And then um, just out of, I mean, what, right center and left center uh, was actually 410 on the on the boards out there. So like you said, there's definitely a few that we should probably have uh, getting out of the park, you know, for these home games coming up. And it's definitely going to be exciting. I think definitely there's going to be beer showers flowing uh, left and right. And at the same time, kids aren't going to be having to pay 11 bucks a beer. So uh, there definitely weren't any beer showers. There were just uh, some very uh, excited and celebratory uh, fist pumps and all that kind of stuff going on with the, the beer situation and, and globe life. But, yeah, uh, I, heard, I heard you were paying $11 for beers. I wouldn't have been throwing those either. Yeah, you got to savor those for as much as they're worth. Um, but Soren, any thoughts on upcoming games? Um, I mean, you guys have really hit the nail on the coffin already, uh, basically. I, I mean, I think that uh, this game, uh, Arkansas State, I think that's going to be, uh, you know, a, an easy game for us. And, and like you were saying, Randy, you know, uh, hitting piss missiles out in Swayze um, because of the difference in, in the walls and everything and, and how big the fields are. Um, I, you know, I really think this team is going to be special, man. And, and these next few games are going to exemplify that. I hope I use that word correctly. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think that, uh, we're going to see just dominance, um, this season and especially in these next couple of games for sure. I know, like, like you said, this team is special and I think there's a reason why you remember all these Vanderbilt teams of the past that you hated them because they were really they were kind of douchey, right? Like they were very cocky. That's Ole Miss now. I mean, 
Is there anybody cockier than Peyton Chatagnier on this campus? No. Me? Chatagnier's a, a very cocky man, and you love to see that. Jacob Gonzalez, he's got some confidence behind him now. Kevin Graham thinks he's going to the fences every time he swings, as does Ben Van Cleve. And this is just that fun team that everyone hates, but you love because they're winning games. They're loose. They're energetic. I mean, it's, it's like those LLSU teams that you hated because they always beat you. They were good, and they let you know they were good. That's what this team kind of feels like. They definitely have some swagger as a team and as individuals too, which I think is definitely what, you know, they look good, they feel good, and they're playing good. And, uh, you know, not to you know, give Deion Sanders down at Jackson State too much credit, but, you know, he is the one that originally said that. So, um, yeah, I think, again, like, we've said you know last year's team looked like a lot of fun they were having fun all over the place and now it's kind of transitioning to this year and uh you know it looks like they've picked up right where they left off even with the guys that have you know moved on so uh which good for them too because they got drafted and all that kind of stuff so at the end of the day it's it's going to be an exciting time and hopefully like we touched on earlier it's not one of those though where you know we all of a sudden start dropping you know midweek games or or whatnot and I think at the end of the day, being able to go against these top 10 teams and, you know, not like you were mentioning, not even go through our full bullpen or use guys that, you know, we might, you know, have needed. It's like we can now get them in on some midweek action and probably be better pitchers than what these other teams are even used to seeing during the midweeks. So it's definitely yeah, exciting times. We talked energy, right? This team is very energetic. It's kind of transitioning to the fan base. I mean, Twitter was on fire today. After they beat Texas, Ole Miss fans have adopted this meme. You know, the you just lost a dirty mic in the boys that they spam into teams' mentions after they after they tweet the final score. Texas, I checked it like two hours ago or an hour or so ago, and they had like 230 replies, and pretty much all of them were that meme. Like you just sit and you scroll, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, like <laughs> Ole Miss fans ratioed Texas. It makes and it makes I know on Wednesday about 8:30 p.m. That poor social media guy who works for Arkansas State, he's just going to be like, what the hell? Like, what did I do? Like, <laughs> what is this? You're seeing all these cool graphics, these memes, these jokes. It's wild. Taking taking that into account, I mean, it's it's from the other guys, Dirty Mike and the boys, and what they did was they turned somebody's Prius into a soup kitchen. And I think that's what we're basically now doing to all these social media accounts. We're turning their social media accounts into soup kitchens. <laughs> what cracked me up was, like, under the Texas one and the Texas Tech one, both of them, like, some of the actual fans of that school would just be like, ah, oh, dang, bad loss, like, we got to get better. And, like, 14 Ole Miss fans were just blasting them with that meme. And it's like, Jesus, y'all are ruthless. I mean, I don't know of a fan base more obnoxious right now than Ole Miss baseball. And it's fun. I love it, but... It's going to bite you in the ass when you lose the game. <laughs> Maybe. At the same time, we're, like you said, we're having fun. It's not just the players. It's the fans. And I think, you know, in that, in going back to what we really touched on or what we touched on first, you know, the basketball team. It's like I think the fans were were actually after this four-game win streak, we were kind of chomping out the bit. Like, all right, yeah, like looking forward to watching the basketball game, you know, tonight. You know, let's, you know, looking forward to, you know, watching, you know, what's going on on Twitter with it. And, you know, then you drop this one and then all of a sudden it shifts over to baseball season. And I mean that energy is now just carried into the you know baseball season. So I think you know unfortunately it's like it seems like no matter what the basketball team does, even if they do go undefeated and you know win the tournament or something, it's going to be tough for people to get back on the bandwagon, so to say, for that until you know there's actually an NCAA tournament seed because now it's the excitement's 
you know, back where it usually is at this time of year, back in Swayze, back, you know, on the baseball field. And, you know, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be a really fun year and, and hopefully so. I think it's well-deserved and I think it's, it's great, you know, during this time period and all that to have some excitement about something. We saw it with the football team. It's like, you know, everything kind of going around with the pandemic and, you know, all this kind of stuff going left and right and election season and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, the football team gave everybody just so much more excitement and, you know, fun. And it was like, we wanted to, you know, watch the games. And it was, even though, you know, we had a couple losses, it was like, Hey, you know, we're still seeing progress. We're still seeing, you know, building after each game to, you know, get to a better point. So, um, glad to be able to see that carry on now in this, the spring. I mean, I know Ole Miss tweeted this yesterday. We're the only school in the country that has wins over a top 10 team in all three big sports. They beat Indiana in the bowl game. They beat Missouri, not Missouri, sorry, Tennessee and Auburn in basketball. And they beat Texas Tech, Texas, and TCU in baseball. I mean, that's an accomplishment. I know Ole Miss has had some down years lately in most sports. I know baseball's been good, but they still haven't got it done. It's fun again. It's fun again being an Ole Miss fan. It's fun being at Ole Miss. Oxford's fun right now. Even though you can't really go out or do much, it's still fun. I mean, it is. it's just an it's like this weird aura around the town right now. Big, uh, big sports school, you know. Big <laughs> yeah. sports school. Just, we're just reeling in the big dubs. That's what we're doing. Any sport, we're gonna reel in a big dub. You know, love it. Go fishing, catch something pretty big. So, uh, I think everybody needs to grab some of those beer shower shirts for Swayze. I know Earl. Er- Earl's got those thrown up on the Bait Shacks website. If no one, if you haven't seen those, y'all need to go check those out. Those are sweet. I ordered myself one. It's in the mail, but I think it's good looking. Fortunately, we did have some shipping delays due to the uh, winter weather storm here in Dallas, but we will get those out. And uh, we are actually on some low quantities, especially for the bigger guys. The double uh, X and XLs are very low. Um, larges are low. But if you have uh, if you have any actual shackers or you know girls you need to get some shirts for, we definitely have some smalls and mediums. So it looks like we'll be replacing the order uh, here soon for those if uh, they they take off. But hopefully now with baseball season going, we'll be able to get those out. Um, but other than that, I think that I mean, unless you guys have any other closing thoughts on weekend or coming up, might need some two X's for my shackers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Might need to take the inventory for the shackers there. Get some two X's. <laughs> I have realized that there's a I used to think like Texas kids were big, you know, hence the uh, you know, every everything's bigger in Texas, but man, selling some of these shirts to all, all of y'all Mississippi kids, man, we got some big old boys ourselves. So uh, yeah, you texted ever, me uh, you, you texted me and said, Dang, I didn't know you were two X and it's like, Yeah. <laughs> big old boy. <laughs> two X shirt. <laughs> I'm sitting over here like, man, I'm, I'm in the large. Like, I'm I'm a little guy now. <laughs> but, That's funny, man. That is hilarious. But uh, with that, it wraps up episode 32. Spirits are high. Energy's flowing. Um, catch us next time. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBaitShack underscore. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to drop us a five-star review. As always, it's been fun. Uh, Rebs Baseball 3-0. Basketball, yeah. Um, but we're looking forward to Wednesday night's episode and getting out to you guys on Thursday night. Other than that, have a great one. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk soon.